Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new Smart Firefighting mini-series created during the Phase 5 of the First Challenge, hosted at the Muscatatuck Urban Training Center. The First Challenge focus is to produce marketable prototypes that demonstrate indoor localization tracking of first responders within one meter accuracy without any pre-deployed infrastructure. Many of you heard stories from Phase 4, and here in Phase 5, the challenges were increased by including multiple responders, longer durations, and longer distances. In these conversations, you will hear from many of the entrepreneurs, first responders, and team members involved that address these challenges and opportunities of X, Y, and Z axis tracking from multiple perspectives around scalability, usability, affordability, and more. This challenge is administered by the Indiana University Crisis Technology Innovation Lab and funded by the NIST Public Safety Communication Research PSCR Division. Also, consider putting the NIST 5x5 conference on your calendar, located in Chicago, June 25th to 27th, 2024. Enjoy this deep dive into first responder tracking technology, and please reach out with your thoughts. Possibly saving the best for last, sitting alongside a friend, mentor, inspiration, all around just great dude, Captain Kirk McKenzie. Kirk, how are you doing today? I'm great. I think we've made it through. Uh, well, not yet. You know, it's uh, 8.38 and supposedly the awards and everything is happening in 22 minutes. And so we're almost there. But I would say we're rounding third base. That's for sure. Well, and, and it's not the end of the first challenge, but the beginning of changing the paradigm. What, what will it look like when we know where first responders are in X, Y, and Z? So you've been working on this for longer than most people realize. I think last night you had mentioned... Since 2018, 2017, you were kind of helping kind of shape this conversation. I know you've been kind of pushing the envelope on where tech needs to be for public safety for quite some time. But from this conversation, take me back to when you were first kind of starting this conversation to help shape this effort in 2018 to it's now October 27th, 2023. I mean, just give me a quick little summary of the last five, six sure. years. Well, <laughs> uh, and, and it's really fun to be here at the culmination of this because there was a gap in the middle where I wasn't hearing anything and then here we are today. But it it started in 2017. There was a ideation challenge with NIST PSCR. My team took fourth place. It was really just, okay, what's a crazy idea to do smart public safety and including extended reality concepts. And so in San Antonio, I met the team for the first time and then the following year, they asked me out to Boulder for a concepting meeting with a, a few dozen other first responders. I think it was two dozen, maybe 20 first responders that time. And then they did it two more times, I believe, a neighborhood of 50, 60 or more first responders to say, hey, we want to do a big 3D challenge in the future. And I said, 3D? And they said, well, three access. We, we have heard it would be the holy grail to know where people are. In any event, I'm not, maybe not the holy grail, but it'll be helpful if there's a May Day, for instance. And my understanding is, is they were thinking all the way back in 2016. And then la last year, or year and a half ago, the award was the opportunity to apply was announced and 25 teams came forward. And, and I was thinking about getting on a team. And then I talked to the PI here, the principal investigator, Dr. David Wild. And they said, you know, we could use you as an SME on the project. And I said, oh, I would be honored. And I get to watch the whole thing unfold. 
So you've been, you helped kind of plan it, and then you've been a, a judge throughout this process. And I just was talking with um, with Dale Rolson from Indianapolis Fire. Talk me through this week a little bit. I mean, it was really a, a crazy logistical effort of a lot of different teams going to different spots from the hospital to the prison, to the fire training ground, to the regularization test, to then having an army of students that were helping take all this data and synthesize it in a way to tee it up to you, the judges, to help kind of figure out, again, creating enough context to make a decision. You were kind of on the sidelines and then you were sort of helping really deliberate this data. Like, how was it? It's fun, dynamic, great working with Chief Ralston, the CTO for Indianapolis Fire Department, some of the FirstNet authority, senior advisors, and going from station to station and watching the crews work together. Meanwhile, while the data scientists are crunching the numbers and then getting updates and looking at, you know, teams sending 14,000 packets of information during one test of JSON or JavaScript files. And such a, a huge operation to evaluate how our team's doing with the goal of one meter accuracy off grid down a a long tunnel, a mile-long tunnel, some, something in the neighborhood of. Then yesterday, we were, I think, six hours sequestered. We, Somebody uh, said they needed to use a restroom, and someone else said, well, I'll yield my time so they can use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some people were wondering, well, are we going to get to the award? Because there's a lot of work to do. And thankfully, by, say, four yesterday afternoon, it was looking like, okay, we've got enough data to, to put some numbers in the columns. 5% for ruggedization and 60% for technical outcome and business plan reviews and so on all, all went into it. And so uh, fun, exciting, and yeah, it's, uh, it's the conclusion of a, of a five-year project and yet the launch of what's next. So to expand on that, the, the launch, I mean, this is, there's a lot of times, I mean, I think with these competitions, there's certain the maybe relief once it's quote unquote over but at the same time i always think about this and one of the reasons why i started this podcast was that you go to these trade shows you have all this energy and then oftentimes people just go home and do the exact same thing they were doing before but we can't let this momentum and energy just stop here in Muscatatuck. that we need to if anything double down and go go twice as fast twice as hard in obviously the the proper context but why is this just beginning and, and sort of where, what do you, what's your sort of message and challenge the industry of what needs to happen next as we continue to you know, take the lessons learned and momentum from this, this challenge? I think the key is, and, and you've heard me mention this before, is that 2D, say digitized PDFs on public safety apparatus are only moderately useful to the first responder. And there are tablets that can be removed maybe for helping with floor plan, but in the heat of the moment, at least memory served for me, I didn't want to be carrying a tablet with me. I needed to go to work. And for incident command, they're setting up and now we have, you know, aerial views, satellite views of buildings, but primarily it's still 2D and two-way voice. And so now these teams that I've just witnessed, not only have the tracking device, but many of them have a a viewing software platform, a common operating picture system that allows, including an AR, augmented reality, to display their location in three dimensions on a 3D active map. And that's that's where we're 
we're beginning this journey that of shifting the paradigm, keeping the land mobile radio up and running, considering mission critical push to talk, three axis location is, well, apparently a couple teams are gonna be launching in a few months, a couple fire departments based on one of the teams I was talking to. That's gonna be a whole industry shift to go from tell me where you are you know, Mayday, well, where, who are you? Where are you? What's your air level, for instance? Are you injured? To, oh, goodness, I can see where they are. And maybe even prevent the Mayday in the first place. That some, you know, when I see, sees where somebody is, and that's not where they, you know, are supposed to be, they can say, hey, you're supposed to be on the AD corner, you know, assisting on, you know, truck two on pulling ceiling in this back bedroom and, 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 and they see them somewhere else separated from their crew, you know, like there's some potential benefit as we change the face of how we do public safety into, you know, it's right there in your name, smart firefighting. <laughs> I mean, Kirk, we've been the catalyst in certain ways together. And I, I told you last night that I, a lot of what we do here at smart firefighting is, is from the, the seed that you planted and you know, from that the first uh, geek together in uh, <laughs> Indianapolis at FDIC in 2018. Yeah. To really when it was uh, kind of starting the Smart Firefighting Podcast after that and continuing to have a lot of these digital and virtual events. It was sort of um, a chance for us to have this call to the industry that we cannot do it alone. There's a lot of these big initiatives and even just NIST alone has challenges across a lot of these sort of moonshot style problems. Kind of from the message to innovators and potential collaborators and and even you talk about some of these frustrations or like how uber is used and how could we utilize some of the best technologies from other industries and apply it to public safety i want to hear kirk's message to people that are thinking about innovating in public safety or people that have technology in other industries and why they should consider collaborating with the public safety and, and maybe even suggestions on, you know, where to start and where to, where to kind of go from there. Oh boy. That, you know, we could spend some time on that, Kevin, but thank you. And yeah, the first uh, geek together is we affectionately call it, it was simply just, right. We were at FTIC together and there were a bunch of folks thinking about digital innovation, digital transformation, knew that web 3.0 or spatial computing was coming that were, you know, it's a fourth industrial revolution that the term metaverse in our circle had already existed. And it wasn't the name change from a social media company. It was the idea that we could do crazy things that had been used for training aerospace personnel. You know, NASA had a big VR program or Department of Defense, law enforcement, active shooter training, these super high-end synthetic environments, computer-generated illustrations that were meaningful. Everything from treating traumatic stress exposure to operational preparation, post-incident analysis, command and control. And so, and yeah, you know, all we just said was, hey, after the show's done today, you want to meet in the lobby and we'll throw out some crazy ideas. And now there's this whole movement. And so for people starting the domain and I don't know, maybe the CEO of Uber might be listening. Whoever it is, it's, yeah, let's Let's do something for public safety to help the end user, which is not the several million first responders in America or maybe 10 million around the world, something in those numbers. It's the 
320 million Americans that are not first responders and the 4 billion connected people on the planet that are not first responders. They're the end users, the beneficiaries. Build it for them. That's the market. Some have said that, you know, public safety is hard to penetrate, narrow market, regulated, and so on. And there's nothing about that that's untrue. It's that, yeah, build it for everybody else, harden it, encrypt it, make it safe, secure for the first responders. Well, we improve it, like, literally the economy by making our community safer, safer and more effective with things like Uber. So to the CEO of Uber, hey, you know, I know we haven't been in your domain, but well, a little bit we have. They have a, an emergency call option now, and that's making a difference. And okay, let's expand that, that concept that, yeah, it should be, and it should be that intuitive, the UI UX, the automation, the trusted ML and AI, and a lot to cover on that subject alone. To a conversation that you, Stefan, me, and others have been having, but it's the the narrative of public safety. And a lot of times, there was the conversation of funding where some departments, you know, they're always clawing for, for every dollar to be able to sometimes just buy the PPE they need to technically meet standards. And then there's you know, apparatus that are, you know, 40 years old that departments are using or just a lot of different challenges from a funding side. But I think part of it might be part of the macro conversation that is the obstacles, the narrative of public safety and, and kind of always thinking of fire departments as a, a cost driver and, and at times maybe a, a burden. But when you think about it, like when you're, when you're in a time of need, there's, I know that there's nothing more comforting than having a fire EMS or police officer be there to help me or help you when you're in the time of need. What are your thoughts and maybe how we need to continue to change the narrative on how we perceive public safety as, uh, as civilians, but then also from different city managers, city officials, and you know, state and local government? Interesting uh, perspective. And I'm, I'm thinking you're, you're, you're right on target that everyone's challenge, there's more calls, not less more destructive events, not less. I think the last decade report from U.S. Fire Administration, the fire deaths in the U.S. are up considerably, over 100,000 U.S. fire deaths in my career. And fire is a small percentage of, of who we lose in our communities each day. And personnel are strapped, or departments are strapped for personnel. And, and we, frankly, we need to update the way we do recruitment and retention to include digital things for the next generation of folks who are digital natives who if, if they look uh, I, I had one uh, student firefighter a few years ago to me say if they're looking at a screen and are looking at a tool that doesn't have a touch screen on it they don't have anything to do with it now a fire accident going to have touch screen anytime soon but guess what there's some some hydraulic rescue tool or some rescue vehicle rescue tools that are intelligent now right and meaning digitally enabled and so it's coming and so the city managers is rather than the cost of moving into smart firefighting it's think of the savings the potential for i, I suppose the analogy is if i was going to the snow would i pack my chains now depending if it's a couple inches deep you know pretty comfortable in that in the rig I drive. But it was five inches deep. Oh, I'd sure travel a lot faster with a pair of chains, or a set of chains, right? So 
So the same with the digital transformation, that agencies will be more efficient. It will, my hope, my belief is that many parts of it will be, will help crews clear scenes more quickly after being more efficient in resolving them. There's a team out of the UK using computer vision live for emergency medicine calls where it triages the patient with uh, AI to see what their heart rate is and their stability. And if instead of it just being a code two or three code three call, they triage it out and maybe, oh, well, all you need is a, you want to ride to a clinic, right? You don't want an ambulance. No, no, I don't want an ambulance. I don't want to go to the hospital. I just don't have a car, got a long cough. I need a prescription for antibiotics for bronchitis or something like that. And, oh, okay. You send them a token for a, a transportation. And then the, the EMS agency is able to be available for that heart attack, vehicle collision, you know, fall from a horse, whatever the morning brings. And so agencies will be saving money through technological integration. And I appreciate that context in terms of how we need to change the narrative. And I think another thing, just as I was looking around the room and just thinking about the conversation I had with Ari the other day, and a lot of it was kind of listening to you and Stefan talk and interact and some of your track record. I think it gives a lot of us hope and inspiration that while some of these problems seem insurmountable, that we indeed can address and solve some of these challenges to help get us to where we know we need to be. And I want to thank you, Kirk, for just continuing to be a, being that guy who is pushing it forward and, and sort of at times maybe, maybe people think like, what, what is this guy talking about? But I think even seeing this week and seeing that the tech works and it's there, there's a little bit of a last mile integration of how it's going to be integrated to the first responder. But a lot of these things that challenges that, that exist in the market isn't, aren't, we can't just sit there and be like, oh, well, that's just the way things are. It's like, well, let's, let's put our thinking caps on. Let's figure out how we can address this. And the more I hear you talk and work with you, it's more, I'm like, well, yeah, all, all these things are, are figure outable. All these things are solvable. And, you know, kind of gets on that. I'd love to hear a, maybe a, I want to say a plea, but kind of a, a message from you on sort of what would be your message to entrepreneurs about, you know, I guess not, not necessarily not giving up, but also like why they need to get, continue to get involved and continue to find a way to leverage their brain power to, to solve a lot of these imminent challenges. And I know we haven't talked about in depth all of them. We got a limited time here, but, you know, what would be your message to entrepreneurs about why we need them? And not just entrepreneurs, also other, just other interested stakeholders. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, Kevin. Kevin, because yeah, we do have limited time. I can see people are setting up to allegedly give away some cash here today, funded by the National Institute of Standards and Technology Public Safety Communication Research Lab. Huge shout out and thank you to them for all the work they've done. Say that five in. times fast. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana University running this program, done a great job. And to you, Kevin, for what you've done you know, with your recent uh, connected smart vehicle to be that node in a mesh network, which includes with Darlene Ford and other partners. There's a bunch of, I don't know if, if they're still startups, maybe they're scaling, but they were startups. The teams that are in that vehicle that you put together, and thanks to you on that, that, you know what, that is, that's the last mile rig right there that'll allow these teams to stream their location regardless of traditional connectivity. And to the startups, please, 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 Bring your ideas down to local firehouse, law enforcement agency, EMS, 
And if that agency isn't interested, guess what? There's a few other, a few million other folks that might be interested. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday saying that they had interviewed thousands of firefighters. And when it really came down to it, it was about 1% were interested in the idea. But that 1% will become 2%, become 3%. Just like when we moved from speaking trumpets in the 1800s to radios. The move to land mobile, or the move to radios, then they were just mobile. They were first just in the apparatus, not on the personnel. And then it was when I started, only the captain had a radio. And we thought, oh, well, when the firefighter has a radio, that'll be the holy grail. Uh, not really. It was just as the firefighter had a radio. And they were talking when they weren't supposed to sometimes. And now we have this huge shift coming, and we have a whole generation of incredibly intelligent and capable young folks and some uh, older who have the, the wisdom of their gray hairs and have been in the industry and are, are bringing solution sets to us uh, from, a, you know, from the past generation, but with the, the, the additional savvy of, uh, of their chronological advanced uh, state, <laughs> of which I share. So bring it. Go to the firehouses. Go around. Ask around. Bring uh, it. See you. Yeah. See Kevin Sofen at FDRC or... TSI. Tell me, what, what are the dates for TSI again? December 5th to 7th. Irving, Texas. IFC. Be there. Or be square. Well, Kirk, I, I see we're kind of uh, gearing up. Um, I can see the uh, proper tension in the air, but I got to give you one final opportunity of a mic drop, a quote, a question, an insight. Any final parting thoughts you could give us here today? Well, I think there's going to be some big, like, six-foot-long checks that are pulled out here shortly. And my thought would be, hey, look at those teams, all of them six finalists out of 25 starting teams and yeah, you want to get involved reach out to one of those teams say you know express your interest they, they're all worthy every one of them's uh, absolutely worthy and look forward to seeing what they do with the funding that uh, help make safer and more secure public safety agencies to serve those that are in the need I'm Kirk it's a pleasure and an honor and look forward to further collaborating and, and this this was a, a shorter podcast but uh Better, better this than nothing. Well, it's, it's a good excuse. There's going to be cash on the table in a minute for somebody. And yeah, it's, and it'll be fun to watch. And breakfast is still out. So, be, All right. on that note, thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Thank Thanks for listening to today's episode. What did you think? What did you learn? Hopefully, something. Right? Please reach out on social media with your thoughts on this episode and any other suggestions for future content. We look forward to capturing more important stories across public safety and are here at your service.